Welcome to the Coastline Podcast. We exist as a church to help connect you to God and the people around you, to help you grow in your faith, and to challenge you to go into your community sharing the love of Christ. Three things, connect, grow, go. If you'd like information on what is going on at Coastline, follow us on Instagram and Facebook or email us at hello at coastlinensb.com. What's going on, Coastline? I think you're not supposed to like show your back to the crowd. I apologize. That was very, very rude. Plus, all you guys saw that I have absolutely no butt now. So that's uh, Erica calls it the Nichols no butt. I just got high legs. We're off to a great start here for uh, the sermon here this first week of February. Um, I hope you guys are doing well. Everyone having a uh, good start to the month so far? Yeah, doing all right? Weather's a little bit dreary, but hey, we got, we got into the 70s this past week. That was great. Saw the sun for like two days. All our Floridians went out and like soaked it up, right? Um, <clears throat> hey, today I'm excited. First of all, before we get jumping into everything, I want to welcome all the people tuning in online. Um, and we got a great group of church folks that check in every week. Um, and uh, I got texts even last week uh, from some of our people that are, that are watching regularly online. And so I want to thank you guys for being a part of Coastline Church throughout wherever you're watching from. I know some people are on their couches today. Uh, some, of them, some of you guys are still up north. Uh, maybe you're coming down here in the next month or so for uh, experience a little bit warmer weather. But I want to thank you for tuning in and hanging out. <clears throat> and then also I want to thank you guys for coming and hanging out in person. I'm excited. This is going to be a, uh, a really good week. Today, we're starting a brand new collection of talks that we're titling The One. And um, we're talking about specifically love inside of marriage for the next couple weeks. The reason why we're doing this is because <clears throat> obviously it's the month of February, right? There's something that happens in February. Guys, this is your opportunity and your reminder that not, not this week, not next week, but right after that is Valentine's Wait, is it after that? Did I do that right? I just led all the guys down the wrong road. February 14th is Valentine's Day. Prepare now, okay? Don't go the day of to 7-Eleven and buy one of those, like, plastic roses and a Snickers bar and think that's going to work, okay? Mostly because all, we know all girls like Reese's better than Snickers anyways, right? Come on. I'm preaching now. Um, but go do something great. Um, uh, ladies, guys, we really like like Bass Pro Shop gift cards. Those are good. You can get us one of those or something. Um, pair of socks. We really like. We really enjoy socks. But um, but it's February fourteenth. It's the it's the month that we celebrate love. We sell we celebrate um, relationships with one another. And I think it's important for us to to specifically uh, talk about how marriages are supposed to be. Uh, in when it comes to us following Christ together, you know, I think uh, I think marriage is. I know marriage is something that God created. Uh, I've been a part of a, a godly marriage now for like eleven years, and it's been absolutely fantastic. Uh, it didn't start off fantastic because I was an idiot and uh, did some stupid husband things, right? Stuff like saying, "This isn't the way my mom cooks this meal," right? This isn't the way my mom washes clothes. There's things not to say, right? Um, but, hey, we, we learned along the way, uh, and, and life has continued to get better, uh, and I'm better today because of the marriage that I'm in. You know, I asked Erica today, I said, has there ever been a time in which I embarrassed you as your husband? And she said, well, it's a long list, baby, I don't know. 
And, uh, but she, remember, she said, I remember a time where you got up and you talked about our marriage from the stage. And you said something, you know, Erica and I, we don't have a really good marriage. And what I was trying to say is, like, we don't have a perfect marriage. But because I said stupid husband things, everyone in the crowd was like, we need to pray for our pastor. His marriage is really going down. This is tough, rough. Um, but no, I'm thankful for my wife. I'm thankful for uh, a, a fantastic woman uh, of God that follows him uh, first and, and loves me in spite of my faults. And uh, I'm better today because of it. And so today, I want us to jump into talking about love, talking about marriage uh, when it comes to pursuing Christ. You know, love is a weird thing, especially, or specifically the word, uh, because in the English dictionary, we use love for like everything, to describe like every, every type of love, right? Like I love my son, Benjamin, but I also love Chipotle burritos. It's two different types of love, right? I love my wife, but also love fishing. My wife loves me, but she loves Target. I don't know, if, I don't know which one she loves more. She spends a lot of time at Target. Um, but, but love in the English dictionary, in the English word, is it really doesn't do it justice because there's so many different types of love. But I think specifically when it comes to marriage, I think love is an important ingredient. So let me pray for us, and we'll jump right into it. Heavenly Father, God, I pray that uh, whether we're here today and we are in a marriage, um, God, if we are preparing for a marriage, if, if we have aspirations one day to be married, God, I pray that you would give us wisdom uh, in this collection of talks. I pray that you'd show us how we can adjust ourselves and how we can prepare ourselves and, and protect our marriage as life continues to push forward. God, we give this day to you. I give you this, this, I give you my time up here on the stage. I pray that you would just use me as a tool in your hands to communicate to your people. Holy Spirit, have your way. In Jesus' name we pray. Everybody said, amen. Amen. <clears throat> you know, culture, culture today has this uh, idea of what marriage is supposed to look like or, or the pursuit of marriage, right? And it's all this idea of like we, we come together, we, we prepare, we, we take years and decades in pursuit of the one, right? The, the one person that is going to be the person we spend the rest of our lives with. And a lot of us have experienced because we like watch Disney movies and stuff like that, right? We watch rom-coms or, or whatever they are. And when the, it's, it's everyone, this, there's this magical thing of finding the one. Ladies, you guys have probably spent, you know, there's times where you've spent years preparing for the one, right? You had this, this fantasy and aspirations for what your wedding would look like. There's flowers everywhere, loved ones. You're dressed in white, right? Your, your Prince Charming comes, comes down the aisle, and the rest of your life he's going to provide for you and protect you. He's going to bring you breakfast in bed, He's going to put his shoes in the closet where they belong. He's going to sweep you off your feet and take you out to date night, and you guys are going to kiss in the rain. It's a perfect picture, perfect fantasy of what, what a marriage should look like. Guys, we had other fantasies when it came to marriage, right? Oh, everybody got quiet on that. 
yeah, yeah. And there's a little bit of tension in that, right? We had different ideas of what marriage was going to be, right? It was going to, man, marriage is going to be great. I'm going to get busy like two times a day for the rest of my life. This is going to be, marriage is going to be fantastic. How's everybody's fantasies working out? Ladies, guys, not quite the same thing what we pictured or what we thought, right? I guarantee you right now, if Erica goes home and walks in our bedroom, my white Crocs are sitting right in the middle of the floor for someone to trip on and break their neck. Terrible, terrible. But when it comes to our idea of what, what marriage is supposed to be, of finding, finding the one, you know, it's one of those things that it's tough to meet the expectations of being the one. <clears throat> single people, I don't want to leave you guys I don't want to leave anybody. I know we got some married folks in the room. We got any single people in the room? Raise your hand. Now single people look at each other. You guys start a circle group tomorrow. You start hanging out with each other. It'll be great. I'm just kidding. I wasn't trying to make anybody feel weird. Okay? Don't be creepy. Don't be like, I saw that girl. She, she raised her hand. I'm going to check her out later on. You know, Andy Stanley, uh, he had a, a great quote. He said, uh, be the person, the person you are looking for is looking for. Be the person, the person you're looking for, is looking for. I think it's important for us to, to remember that part of what we're doing in this pursuit of marriage is something that is being attacked even today. You know, if you look at statistics, and you can literally look at like any of them, but when it comes to marriage right now, something like 50%, they say, 50% of marriages will fail and end in divorce. It's like, that, that is scary. Like, I don't, like, if you don't, like, apply that number to anything else. Like, if someone came in and said, you know what, there's a 50% chance that you are going to get in an accident on your way home and die. would be a lot more people walking today, right? We'd be changing a lot of things in our lives. There's a 50% chance that your air conditioner will blow up and burn your house down. A whole lot more sweating would be going on in the world, right? Nobody's, nobody's doing it. If there was a 50% chance that something that would happen to your kids if they went to school, everybody would be that weird homeschool mom now. It's a big, it's a big thing that we'd be preparing for to protect. But when it comes to our marriages for some reason... We get to this point where we, we think this is just a part of life. I, I don't think that's how it's got to be. I don't think that's how God intended it to be. I don't think that's what, how God created marriage to be. And so I think for us it's something that we've, we've got to prepare and protect and make a plan for our marriages now. Whether, whether we're in one or we have aspirations to be in one later in life. Now's the time to adjust our thinking, and understanding what marriage should be. And I think it all comes down to this one thing, our understanding of who's the one. You know, I think when it comes to this idea, this cultural thing of like we've got to find the one, I think, I think there lies the problem. Because when it comes to our priorities in life and, and who's number one, I think the moment that we put our spouse into that number one place we're dooming them to failure. 
I think ultimately because, because spiritually, when it comes to our life spiritually, I don't think spiritually that means that we're mature enough to understand who number one should be. Because if you're a follower of Christ, what Jesus says is that number one should be God himself. He's the one that we should be pursuing as the number one in our lives. Jesus himself says this in Matthew 22, verse 37. If you've been at Coastline at any point, you've probably heard me preach on this. Jesus is talking to this guy who's trying to trick him into, like, figuring out what the, the most important law is. And he says, this is what's most important. He says, you must love the Lord your God with all of your heart and all your soul and all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. Now, I don't believe this, this verse is talking about the volume. I don't think this is, like, all attention. I think God is saying, like, when it comes to, to what you pursue, when it comes to who's number one in your life, I want it to be me. God says, I, I, I want you to have a connection with me that's greater than your connection with anybody else, and including your spouse. Now, many of you, that's hard for you to hear because you're like, Brian, how I'm sitting next to my wife, sitting next to my husband, like you're telling me like this person is not supposed to be number one. And that's exactly what you're hearing. Our culture says that this is how you're supposed to pursue your marriage. This person's got to be number one. But I'm going to tell you when it comes to godly relationship, that person needs to be number two. I had a great conversation um, with Dennis Leone, one of our missionaries to, to Costa Rica. He said, Brian, when it comes to being a pastor, when it comes to being a follower of Christ, there's, there's, only some, there's, only thing, there's some things that only you can do. Those are the things that you need to protect. Those are the things that you need to pursue. He says, you are the only one that can have a relationship with God for you. You can't delegate that. You can't, you can't make the pastor have a relationship for you or your circle group leader have a relationship with God for you. It's not about checking in. He's like, you've got to be the one to pursue a relationship with God. He said, second thing is like, he said, only you can be the one to have a relationship with your spouse. You're the one that's got to pursue her or pursue him. It's got to happen. It's not one of those things that you can delegate or you can put them down, uh, down the line when it comes to your priorities. He's the last thing. He says, only you can be the one to parent your kids. Don't let somebody else do it. Don't let the television do it. Don't let the, just the school system. You've got to be the one that's engaged to do it. Today, if you, if you get one thing out of what I'm saying this morning, the punchline is this. Protect your priorities. Protect your priorities. When it comes to number one, remember who the one is. And if you can pursue him above everything else, I think spiritually you'll become mature enough to understand how to pursue the rest. When it comes to Erica and I, from the beginning, we've had this conversation before we were even married. We understood that when it comes to our relationship, our relationship is number two on the priority level. I love my wife. My wife is definitely a woman of God and pursues him daily. I can't have a relationship with God through my wife. She can have a relationship with him for herself, and I have to have a relationship with him for myself. And if that part isn't right, I'm going to tell you it's going to flow into everything else. If that part of who number one is in my life isn't right, it'll affect my relationship 
with number two. It'll affect my relationship with my kids. It'll affect my job. But ultimately, when it comes to love, when it comes to your heart, protect your priorities and understanding who number one is. I want to talk to single people for a second because I don't want you to think this is going to be a series that does not apply to you. I've been single before. I understand, I understand what it feels like. Some people, they're like, dude, single life is a good life. I'm just going to be single forever. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Paul talked about that. There's some people that are like, I don't want to be single forever, but I've been single for a long time. I feel like some people think singleness is like a disease or a sickness. I don't think that's the case at all. I think sometimes God uses our, our singleness. God uses our, that feeling of, anyone ever felt lonely before? That feel, sometimes I feel like God, the Holy Spirit uses this feeling of, of loneliness as, as maybe a call to us for a desire of connection. Some of you all need to hear that again. Sometimes that feeling that you're feeling of loneliness might just be God calling out to you and saying, hey, I, want, I desire more of a connection. We're always searching for connections. We've got connections on our phones. We've got connections on the computer. We've got work connections. Sometimes God just wants to be like, hey, let's shut all that down. And I just want a connection with you. If my connection with you is strong, your connection with all of them is going to be strong. But I think if you are single, if you are lonely, I want to let you know that I, I think that if you have a desire to be with someone, if you, if you have desire to be a spouse or to have a spouse, I think that's something God has the ability to help out with. I know for myself, I prayed many years. I said, God, help me find the one. Help me find the one. Help me find the one. I met a lot of girls that they were not the one. And with the gloriousness of Facebook right now, I look back and I'm thankful that many of them are not the one. It wasn't until the moment that I prioritized my life. I said, God, you're the one. And when that happened, shortly after, God said, hey, let me introduce you. Who's going to be number two? We see this happen with, uh, with Adam in the book of Genesis. Adam is having this connection with God, this relationship with him. And God says, hey, I, there's something missing. So in Genesis chapter 2, verse 18, it says, that, it says, Then the Lord said, It is not good for the man to be alone. I will make him a helper who's just right for him. Baby, can I tell you something? You are just right. So God made woman. He said he put Adam to sleep. So he took a rib out of Adam and he formed out of dust the woman. And they woke Adam up. And Adam was excited. Genesis chapter 23 says, At last, the man exclaimed. I, I'm not going to lie. Like, baby, when I, when I saw you, I had very similar feelings. <laughs> At last. I've been ready for this. So this is bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh. 
you know, with translation, I don't know. He might not have said at last. He might have said, like, whoa, man, woman, man. It's a terrible dad joke. I apologize. Says she will be called woman because she is taken from man. Married people, this is, this is the next part. Genesis chapter 2, verse 24 says, then, then, or this explains why a man leaves his father and his mother and is joined to his wife. And the two are united into one. You know, I think if, if there is a one part in this message that you need to remember is that when it comes to you and your spouse coming together, you should be one. You should be one with one another. When it comes to Erica and I, man, there's, there's very few times that Erica and I are one against another. If we are, it's mostly my fault anyways because I did something dumb. When it comes to Eric and I, it's Eric and I as one versus the world, whatever we're facing. The Bible continues on to say that, that what God has joined together, let no man separate. It says the two, the two will be one. I'm going to tell you, if your marriage is in trouble, if you're, having, if, you're having, if you're having trouble or a struggle in your marriage, understand that you're supposed to operate and be together as one. Start doing stuff together as one. Start praying together. Start, start studying together. Start pursuing God together. You know, you know what does my heart great is when I come into church on Sunday and you got couples that are serving God together. They showed up early and started making coffee together or put out signs together. Do life, do life together as one. Some of you, even when I say that, you're like, Brian, that's not, it's not possible. You know, I, I've got a job that you know, I'm very involved in. She's got a job that she's very involved in. We got kids that, like, man, they've got, man, some of you, I'd listen to some of you guys, like, with your schedule with your kids, and your kids have a job. Got to go to school, and then we got, like, 48 hours of golf or whatever it is, whatever's going on. It, like, changes with the season. Protect your priorities. For some, for some, this, and please don't be offended by this. For some married people in the room that are parents, this is for you. You need to understand that when it comes to your priorities as a family, God needs to be number one. Your spouse needs to be number two. And your kids need to come after that. Now, now, some of you, that, that seems harsh. You're like, Brian, you don't know. I love my kids. Me and my, me and my spouse, we, this, is our, this is our purpose in life, is to raise our kids. Can I tell you something? This is going to be a surprise. One day, those kids are going to leave. Your spouse is going to still be there. And you're going to get to this point where you're like, but our purpose, what, what we put as number two has has left, and now what do we do? Your spouse needs to be number two. Your kids need to see that your spouse is number two. That's healthy for them. You need to set up for your, for your kids what a good example of a Christian marriage looks like. God said that 
He wants to be number one. And that two will come together and become one. Protect your priorities. Protect your number two. Eric and I, we try to do, be a good example of that to our kids. Mostly when it comes to like, if one of them gets sassy, I let it be a surprise which one of our kids is sassy. It's Olivia. I say that a lot. I hope you guys know I love my daughter. She is incredibly bright and smart and driven. And I'm going to have lots of gray hairs here in about the next 10, 20 years. But she's going to be the boss of somebody and something. And, and as she continues to pursue that and pursue God, she's going to change the world one day. I'm going to be a proud dad. But in the meantime, she's going to know that when it comes to our family, my wife is number two. She'll get a little sassy. I'll say, Olivia, are you talking to my wife that way? She said, no, sir. But it's healthy for her to see who number two is. She, it's healthy for them to know that I'm going to protect our priorities. When it comes to um, your kids, your kids are precious, and they're a fantastic blessing that you've been given, and you're going to have to see them grow for, for years to come. As God continues to, to have his way in their life, hopefully they'll go out to do fantastic things. But I think when it comes to your, your relationship with your spouse, we need to remember that we stood before him, we stood before our friends and family. We said, till death, do us part. Not, not till college, do us part. Well, if they're millennials, not till like 25, do us part or whatever. I don't know when, I don't know when kids move out these days. It, it's changed. Man, as soon as I got to college, I'm like, see ya. I think I bounced back for like a month. They said, we're going to charge you rent. I said, I'm going someplace else. <laughs> That's pretty much what happened, right? Sometimes I wish I could go back. Not because you're cooking. You're cooking. Is deli- I made a joke while you are gone earlier that I said, I did a dumb, I said a dumb husband thing. I said, this isn't how my mom cooks this. Like when we first got married. That was dumb. The whole church said, ooh. And then they judged me. As <laughs> they should. That was a stupid thing to say. I think one of the things that we needed to make sure we're doing is we're protecting our priorities is we need to have this old school fight mentality when it comes to protection. You know, I, I think about uh, my family and my, my house and sometimes I'll, I'll play the scenario of like what would happen if someone comes in my house in the middle of the night to do my family harm. And I think to myself, I'm like, I would come at that guy in my comfy shorts and my Crocs and I'd be a spider monkey on that man before he could ever do anything. I, I'd give him five minutes he could not stand. I would, I would bring him the heat that would burn the hair off a frog's butt. He, it, would not, it would not look pretty. That's how I'm going to protect my family. That's how I'd fight for my family. That and I got lots of guns. If that offends you, Okay. 
I'm going to do this thing every year. Olivia has a birthday. I'm going to go buy another gun. So I got plenty to protect her with. Yeah. So when, she, when I allow her to start dating at like 32, I should be good. Should be great. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 25 says this. It says, for husbands, this means love your wives just as Christ loved the church. He gave up his life for her. I don't have a doubt in my mind that if someone was coming in to harm our spouse, many of us husbands, and wives, you can take this for yourself as well, would we'd give up our life for them. But I think spiritually we've gotten to the point where we forget that there's a chance our, our marriage is under attack. I think we're at a point where we need to protect our priorities. When it comes to your relationship with God, protect your priorities. Understand that he is the one to pursue first. If you'll pursue him first, the rest of the stuff will come. I'm going to tell you right now, like single people, if you want to get married, if you want to get married, stop trying to pursue someone to marry. and Start pursuing the one. And he'll take care of the rest. I'm telling you that from experience. Like, I stressed about it. Like, I'm like, oh, my gosh, I'm 22 years, which was dumb. I'm 22 years old. I'm never going to get married. I said, God, I'm done with that. I'm going to start pursuing you. Do what you want me to do. And God showed up. Start pursuing the one. That applies to anything. Your job, parenting. You might have a sassy kid at home, too. I'm praying for you. Definitely. Pursue the one. When it comes to you and your spouse, when it comes to your number two, one, be a good number two. But two, don't put the expectations of the one on them. They're human, just like you. If you want to have a good relationship, man, love and marriage is a lot about grace and mercy. I forget, what's the word where you like? Compromise. Compromise. Huh? I forgot that word. A lot of it, this isn't biblical too, but a lot of it is about forgetfulness. Some of y'all hold on to stuff from 92 that don't matter no more. Let go of it. We're all human. Protect your priorities. Today when I thought about finishing this message, um, I told the staff I wanted to do communion last. And, and the reason I did that I think is important is because as we do this as a church family, as we do this as spouses with one another, as we, as we do this by ourselves, I think it's a reminder about who number one is. And why? As we take communion together, this is a lot of this is kind of like a symbol of surrender, of us remembering that we're here because of what Jesus did. As Jesus understood what was going to happen next, he he said to the Pharisee, and he said, 
to his disciples and he said to us, love God with all of your heart, all of your soul and all of your strength and all of your mind. Let him be number one. And so today, we're going to sing a song in a second. But even right now, I want to challenge us to remember what Jesus has done and why he needs to be number one. And so on that last night together, he took a piece of bread and he broke it and he passed it around. He said, this is my body. shall be broken for you. And they all partook of the bread. At the end of the meal, he said, as he passed around a cup of wine, he said, this is my blood. Take this and do this in remembrance of me. And so Jesus, this morning, we surrender to you. We say that you are number one and above anything else. You're who we should pursue. We thank you for what you've done. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. I want to challenge you with that last part. He said, when you do this, do this in remembrance of me. Some people think it was talking about when they take the Passover feast together. I think he was saying, when you break bread. And so today when you go to lunch... You're sitting across the table from your spouse, not at Chick-fil-A because they're closed, or the taco shack, but maybe Chipotle. As you're sitting there and you're breaking bread, remember who's number one. And look at number two and understand that your job is to protect them and help them. It's not about one helping the other more than the other. It's about compromise and grace and mercy and connection and love. And it should be for life. What God hath joined together, let no man separate. Let me pray for you. Heavenly Father, I I pray right now as a good father that wants to help and protect us. God, I pray as we continue to pursue you and ask you for help in our marriage. I pray that you would show us the way. I pray that you would even out the rough spots and the areas of separation. I pray that you would connect them together. I pray that we would not put undue expectations or pressure on our spouse. I pray that you would challenge us to continue to be the spouse that our spouse is looking for. That we would surrender and support them. I pray that you would help us protect our marriages, the marriage to come from what's going on in the world. That we would not be another statistic. God, I pray that as the days continue to count on and as we pursue the one, which is you, I pray that you would allow miracles to happen in our lives. Allow us to be better spouses, allow us to be better parents, allow us to be better employees and employers. And I thank you so much what's to come. In Jesus' name we pray. Everybody said, amen.
I need your help with something, church. Um, here in a second, we're going to we're going to finish up service with a song, and then we're going to hang out and have some coffee in the back. But I understand that as my marriage is not the same as what your marriage is and the things I struggle with and Erica and I struggle with in our marriage might not be the same thing you guys struggle with. And so I wondered if you'd help me out. Text me, and whether, you're, whether you're single, whether you're in your first year of marriage or your 50th year of marriage. Text, what is the hardest part about marriage? What's the question you've had about marriage? What's the thing you're struggling with right now with marriage? It's going to be anonymous. I'm not going to, like, tell you or say anything or put your number on the screen or anything like that. This is between me and you. But if you want to help me out in this, um, we use the same text and church number for everything. It's 386-200-9818. Dave, put, some, put, a, put a graphic up that has that number. It could be for whatever. I think we had one for, like, the blood drive, which when you guys were talking about was kind of creepy, but whatever. Um, 386-200-9818. What's the toughest part about marriage? What's the question you've had about marriage? Maybe maybe you haven't got an answer for. Maybe you've been, you've been embarrassed to ask anyone about. What's the struggle in marriage? Over the next couple of weeks, my hope is to answer some of these questions. And allow our marriages to get better together. And uh, I'm excited and thankful for what's to come. I'm excited about the connections that are going to happen. I think as we continue to pursue him and put him as number one, the best is yet to come. Amen. As always, Coastline, know that you are loved and that the best is yet to come.